Good morning. How are you? Good. Look around you. There's more males here than normal. We got about 30 plus women who are away at a retreat this weekend in, in Commerce, Georgia, that they put together, and they've been having a great time. So they'll be back this afternoon. But uh, glad they could. We're glad they could get away. But it makes a difference when they're, when we got people gone, doesn't it? But uh, we're glad that you're here. Hey, we're going to continue our service uh, talking about our sermon series on God being good and what that means to us. And there's several things just as a review if you uh, haven't been here or just as a reminder, uh, again, to remind you, you can always go on the website and look at podcasts and that kind of thing if you want to uh, listen to those messages, maybe share them with somebody if you think that would help them out. That would be great. But we're just talking about God being good. And one of the main things uh, that we're trying to get across is that uh, talking about God being good, it's not only, it, it's who God is. He's, he, that it's not only who he is it's not all of who he is but part of who God is is what we talked about is that he is good to us he is good and not only in who he is but he's good in how he acts so there are things in his goodness as who he is there's things that he uh, provides for us there's things that he does uh, with us and so we talked about the first uh, the first message about uh, taste and see that God is good the idea of to, to go all in, especially if you're skeptical about God. You're not sure about all this religious stuff. You're not sure. You hear all this religious talk, and you're just not convinced. You don't know if you believe all that yet. And so the challenge was, hey, taste and see, with the idea of taste meaning to, to taste with a view of consumption, not just barely nibbling or getting a piece here or a piece there. If you really want to see the character of God and really experience the fullness of God to make a decision of whether or not you believe that or not. The challenge is don't just pick and choose. Just jump in. Experience all of God, all that he has to offer, and then make some kind of valid reasoning or valid choice based on that instead of just kind of picking and choosing things. So we talked about taste and see that that God is good. And then we talked about God offering his forgiveness as part of his goodness to us. And, and uh, just talking about how sometimes that we, uh, we live with guilt. There are things that we do. There, there are ways, even as believers, especially as a believer, if you've done something that you know is a sin against God, you know that it, that it was something that you had done that was wrong. And to realize what the Bible said, not to make light of it, but the Bible says that we ask God for his forgiveness, and he gives that to us, and which means that he doesn't hold it over our heads, and he doesn't keep wanting to beat us up with it that he gives us that forgiveness and if he is going to forgive us then we should let go of that who are we to hold on to that when God has said you're forgiven so sometimes as believers we live with this guilt and it hinders our relationship with God that we just don't feel like we want to pray we don't want to come with other believers we don't want to serve because we live with this guilt and that's not God's intention for us and he doesn't want us to have that so he offers that forgiveness to us and of course if, as a person who hasn't believed yet of knowing that forgiveness means to, to accept what Jesus Christ has done for us as a forgiveness for our sin that is a sin against God that keeps us away from God keeps us separated from God through Jesus he's provided that forgiveness so that we could have life and we could have a relationship with him so today we are going to talk about God being good and, and how he offers us grace how he gives us grace and and like like the other things that we've talked about the thing that's important to know is God's offer of grace to us is not dependent 
on what we think about it. God's offer of grace, it, he, he didn't ask our opinion of whether he should be a person who offers us grace. What, the way that I, even if I don't accept it, it doesn't change God's offer to us as grace. I don't have to agree with it. It's not dependent on me for God to be a person who offers grace. Like the other things, forgiveness is something that God wants for us and gives to us. And it's not dependent on us believing it or accepting it or thinking it's right or it has something to do with my actions. God just says, this, I'm offering this to you. And grace is the same way. It's not dependent on us. Uh, we don't have a choice about what God does. This is who he is and how he acts. And it's his choice based on his goodness to us. And so we just kind of need to accept that. Uh, and whether we do or not, it's still there. Now, it makes an impact on our lives on whether we believe it and accept it, but it doesn't change the, God's offer of grace to us. So you tell me, I'm sure you probably have an idea, out loud, what, what do we think of? What's our, what's our definition of grace, if you've been in church at all, or maybe even not? What do we, what do we normally say about grace? What's a, de, what's a good definition? What, unmerited favor. Anybody think any differently? Getting what we don't deserve. Same kind of concept, right? That we think about grace. That means it's that something has been uh, offered to me. It's not based on how good I can be or that I deserved it or that I earned it. It's uh, a lot of times unmerited favor is what we uh, use as a definition. That You know, I haven't merited anything. It's nothing that I've done. God has just offered us grace. So I want us to think about that and... and uh, and think about what grace is. So here's a similar definition. Grace, it, it means favor or that which affords joy. Think about that for just a minute. It means favor or that which affords joy. Now I love to take those definitions and, and maybe look at them at a, from a different perspective and, and put some some uh, sentences together and maybe instead of just saying God's give, God gives us grace to be able to say if we think about it this way that God gives us that which affords joy God gives that to us he gives us what we can have in our life that affords us joy now we can we can put things in our life that we think makes us happy and, and there is an external happiness and there's an external joy and there are things that we can do that I think God intends for us to enjoy and to have life and to have fun and to enjoy this life. But talking about God giving us that which affords joy, specifically through the person of Jesus Christ and then in life. So we're looking at, looking at that and here's, here's what I want you to think about. There's just really, really two things that I want you to think about this morning as far as, as, far as this goes. Um, and again, now on all these things, talking about God being good and all the things that we could talk about, there, there's so many, I mean, there's just pick one. It's a topic every week for the next 10 years, right? Um, so it's, this is not like a all-encompassing, you know, once we've covered this series, you'll know everything you know about God being good. And even in the idea of forgiveness or even today when we're talking about God giving us grace, this is not like the end-all message that every question about grace will be answered but here are two important things that i want us to look at this morning and one of them is this is that that god is good he gives us grace through jesus he gives us grace through jesus if you have a bible turn to the gospel of john that's the second half of the bible the what we call the new testament the good news of jesus in the new testament matthew mark luke john the, the fourth gospel 
Turn there to the first chapter, verses 14 through 17. If you don't have a Bible, we'd like to put it up on the screen for you. You just kind of read along with me with this. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of, what's the next word? Grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received, say, what's the word? Grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Next word. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. To, to understand that when we talk about God's goodness and his goodness to us and one of the ways that he acts is by offering grace to us specifically he he did something he didn't just say I want to give you grace he didn't just say I'm a person who can offer grace God says that's who I am this is how I act and here is an action to prove basically and back up what he says that he offered his son Jesus Christ as an embodiment of his grace to us and that scripture kind of tells us that now I'm going to go through several here uh, scriptures and and look at some things so if you're flipping kind of flip fast this is Ephesians 2 8 through 9 or you may want to just make sure and jot these down and look at them and maybe ones that you're familiar here and if you've been in church at any amount of time it says for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast just an awesome scripture if you ever want to just put things in perspective and think that you can be good enough there's something you can do if you can come to church enough if you can help enough people across the street if you can pack enough shoe boxes if you can pray for enough people if you can you can fill in the blank with all the things we can do and none of those things may not be bad but the idea is it's not based on what we can do it's not based on the works that we have to offer and Ephesians makes that very clear it's through our faith, it's by grace that we have been saved through faith. Uh, the book of uh, Titus, chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God, specifically meaning in the person of Jesus Christ. All right? So, just those few scriptures right there, and just to kind of put it in perspective to say this unmerited favor, this this grace that God offers, this idea of him wanting to offer us grace is embodied in the person of Jesus. And we can even say, I think, that Jesus specifically is that which affords us joy. It is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And those scriptures and so many more just make that very clear. Now, if you're a believer, you might be just kind of saying, all right, that's old news. Let's just get on with it. Okay, I got it. Can we move on to the next point? But don't, don't rush, rush it, all right? Let that settle in. Because even as believers, sometimes I think that we think that we've got it under control. And it's about what we do. And it's about how religious we can be. And how spiritual we can be. And how many Bible studies can I be a part of? And what can I get involved in at the church? Which, again, all good things. But it's not about any of those things. It's about resting and relying on the grace, specifically in the person of Jesus Christ, that has afforded us joy, that has given us salvation. So that is very, very important. And then the second point is this. Not only 
uh, not only grace through Jesus as far as salvation, but he gives us grace in life. So Jesus specifically embodied grace that allows us to have salvation. And then there's this grace that unmerited favor, these blessings, if you want to look at them, I guess we could look at them that way. The things that God blesses us with that are things that we don't deserve. I mean, if you just, if we just really put it bluntly, it's like, I don't deserve anything that he's given me. If you want to look at my actions and my attitude and, and the things that, that I could do and the ways that I am disobedient to God and sometimes the way I treat other people and all of that, if I had to, if I had to weigh that on a scale somehow and say, let me, let me put my actions versus what God has to offer, it's just never going to measure up, even in life. And so here are some scriptures uh, that, that kind of give us that idea and help us to think about that. James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it, said, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And this is not like, they can, you know, he gives more grace. This isn't saying he gives more of Jesus. I mean, there's, Jesus is, is who Jesus is. It's not like there can be more of Jesus. But the idea is this is talking about, I believe, specifically in the area of our life. That he gives more grace. And it says, uh, not, not if you're a prideful person, but if you're a humble person. So, again, the idea of, not the idea of, hey, I deserve this. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what all I've done for you, God. Surely you're going, you deserve, uh, you owe it to me to give me this, 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 and this. It's none of that. The Bible says that he gives grace upon grace and not to the pride but to the humble, to those who realize that it's not about us, it's about him. He says even he opposes the proud. You know, not, not just to say he gives grace to the humble, but he goes as far as to say that he opposes the proud. Like, so, so God's against our attitudes of pride, but he is in very much support of those of us who are humble or become humble in our actions and attitudes. And then there's another scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 10, it says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. This is Paul writing. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And so Paul realized that he didn't deserve whatever it was that he had you know he said it's, it's not about me now i've worked hard paul says i've worked harder than than the other people and some uh, oftentimes referring to some of the other people who were disciples and and some people thinking that he might not have deserved to have been a disciple and he wasn't one of the original ones necessarily and so he's saying hey it's not about it's not about um it's not about what i do although i work extra hard not about that and he says it is because of God's grace I am what I am <clears throat> now you think about that for a minute it's by the grace of God that you are what you are it's by the grace of God that I am what I am it's by God's unmerited favor it's by God giving me that which affords joy in my life that allows me to be who I am it's not about my intelligence not about my abilities those all come from God that's a part of who I am and that's how he has made me and Paul realized that that he uh, he didn't deserve it but it was God's grace to him it was God's 
favor. Now, now here's what I want you to think about. And, and it's not pie in the sky by and by. It's not kumbaya. It's like, oh, the world is a great place and everything's always good. And that God is just always wonderful and there's no elements of God's wrath or God's judgment. I'm not saying any of that, but here's what I want you to know. And even in, in this whole series, talking about God being good to us, God is, he's on your side. He's for you. God wants the best for you. He, he's not against you. It's not like he wants us to mess up. He's not that angry grandfather figure that some people imagine that's somehow up in the skies waiting for us to mess up so he can zap us and make us feel guilty about our lives. That's not his agenda. And the reason I know that is because, one, what he did by sending his son Jesus Christ and making that sacrifice for us. Two, God is powerful enough that if that were his agenda, he could just think it or speak the words and we would all be toast. Right? I mean, it's not like he's not capable of, if he wanted, if his agenda was to, to wait for me to mess up and zap me, you know, well, then he's probably had 10 opportunities this morning to turn me into a piece of charcoal, right? If that's, if that's the idea. That's not his agenda. I think that is, that is the way that we think. And a lot, of that is, a lot of that happens because of our guilt and the stuff that we've talked about. But God, he is good to us. He offers forgiveness. He offers grace to us. He's on our side. Think about this. And again, a human perspective. The idea of favor or unmerited favor. How many of you know what it feels like and what it looks like in your life, human-wise, that there is somebody in your life that you could say that that person has found favor with you? How many of you could say that? That you would say, nobody? You can raise your hand in church. I won't call you Pentecostal if you get your hand up too high. It's all right, right? Yeah. Think about this. There are people in our lives. You can think of some, maybe if I explain it this way. There are people in your lives, and you know that they have your back. You know they're on your side. They like you. They're for you. It doesn't mean you don't mess up. It doesn't mean that, that you're perfect. But there are those people in your life that you know they say to you, Hey, I'm with you no matter what. I'm on your team. I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I want the best for you. You have people like that in your lives. It may be a spouse. It may be family members. It may be other friends. And you hopefully are that for somebody else. To where you can say, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of yours. I'm, I, have, you have found, uh, I have found favor with you. I'm offering that. It's not based on what you do. It's just, just I just like you. You're just, I'm, I'm with you. And we know how that feels, hopefully you do, from a human perspective. And this is the same concept of God, a similar concept, of God saying to us that, that he is good. And he offers us grace. And God's saying, basically, I'm on your side. I've got your back. I've got your best interest in mind. I'm offering you this grace. I'm offering you in your life that which affords you joy. That God doesn't want us to be, he doesn't want us to go through life afraid and worrying and carrying guilt and wondering if he's going to zap us the next time we mess up and kind of walking around with this fear of treading lightly in case God somehow is against us. He is not against us. If he were against us, 
he would have left things the way they were at the very beginning of time when Adam and Eve messed things up in the garden and he would have he could have left things alone it never provided a way for that to have been changed that we could have totally been separated from God forever with no option of ever being reconciled to him if he was against us he would have done that somebody who is against us doesn't sacrifice his own son in hopes that we would trust in him so that our relationship with him could be restored that's somebody who is in favor of us so he's on our side he wants the best for us he wants us to know that he is good to us he wants us to know that he is offering this grace to us are there consequences to our sin absolutely are there things when we mess up that there are problems that can happen and do happen absolutely is God happy when we uh, disobey him no he's not happy but is he good to us and does he offer us grace and does he want the best for us absolutely he does that's his agenda he wants that for us so here's the challenge for you today I'm going to kind of close up here and, and let you think about these two things one when I always like to mention this most of you I know fairly well some of you I don't know as well and that really doesn't matter but I just want to make sure when we have an opportunity to understand God's grace has been given to us in the person of Jesus Christ because he wants to offer us that which affords joy in salvation and if you have never given in to that if you have never trusted in that if you have never surrendered your life to Christ and trusted in what he has done so that you can have a relationship with God this grace that we're talking about is for you God's on your side he knows that you messed up he knows everything you've done he still loves you and he still wants you to turn to him and I pray that if that's where you are that hopefully this morning something has clicked with you and you say you know what that's exactly what I need to do and if that is you I want you to find me or somebody after the service and talk to them about that God is on your side if you are in sin uh, you probably uh, feel guilty or you think you've been too bad or you don't know what I've done I know all that stuff okay God God knows that too and he says guess what my grace is still for you God says I still love you God says I still sent Jesus to die for you knowing that you would be the way that you are but this is an opportunity for it to change. So I hope that you would take advantage of that opportunity this morning. And then as a believer, I think there's just a couple things that we could apply. You can maybe have thought of other things. Hopefully you have. But one of the things that come to mind as I was preparing this was the issue of pride. Because the one scripture says that he, he, he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And Paul talking about, hey, it's because of what he has given me that that's why I am what I am and here's the way I think pride plays out in two ways in our lives um, and uh, and one of them is the obvious way pride is I think of myself more highly than I should I think that I deserve something I think that somebody owes something to me uh, I think that I'm better than somebody else in a in a Christian perspective in a living a life with God perspective pride can come out in thinking look at me I'm doing all this on my own look at all the good stuff I'm doing everybody should look at me and realize I'm such a good Christian I'm such a religious person pride can come out in that way of thinking that look at me uh, I know I'm better than that person obvious by the way they act they're they, they're not in tune with God I'm really in tune with God 
and, and they're not. That, that is a prideful attitude. We recognize that a lot. If, I, if, if, I'm, pri- if I'm prideful, usually, usually that I can, I can kind of feel like, mm, you know, that's probably just pride creeping in. But the way I think a lot of times what happens when we, that we don't recognize, pride is not only thinking of yourself more highly than you should. To me, pride is also thinking of yourself more lowly than you should. Because what we're saying to God when we feel that way is we're saying, God, yeah, I know what, what you might say I am, but I, I believe I'm this. And we put our place ourselves in the place of God. God is saying, this is how I see you. And you're saying, yeah, but this is how I see me. And it's a lower, and we walk around, and we mope, and it's like, woe is me, I'm just a no good, dirty sinner, and I'm not worthy of anything, and it's a, there's a, a you know, a, 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 a unrealistic view of ourselves based on who God says. So some people can be prideful by looking, uh, viewing themselves more highly than they should. Some people, I think it's an issue of pride if you stay in the area of viewing yourself more lowly than you should. It's who God says you are that's important, and that's what we need to hold on to. So I would challenge you uh, in that way. Is, is that something that you struggle with? Is that something that you need to think about, either on the, on the uh, if you, I guess if we could look at it, on the high end of pride or the low end of pride? You know, is that something that you deal with? Is that something that you need to realize, hey, God's grace is given to me in the person of Jesus Christ and in my life, and that is who I am and that's why this is who I am and I need to see myself from God's perspective and not get tied up in seeing myself and who I think I am unless it's compared to who he says I am and those two things go together so is that where you are and then the other thing would be this and I think maybe uh, maybe we uh, tend to leave this out is that um, we talk about grace we all have a good a good definition of grace if you come to church any amount of time, people say, what's grace? And the answer was given, it's unmerited favor. We just, you know, we, we throw that out, and that's true. But I think sometimes we just might take that for granted. And in the world we live in, in the places we live in, in the things, in the way God has blessed us, and the way God takes care of us, and the things that God does for us, sometimes we take that for granted. And this morning, for some of us, it might just be saying, God, you know what? I don't know when the last time it was that I just stopped and thanked you. For your goodness to me specifically in the way that you offer me grace maybe today that's what you need to do and just say god you know it's not that i'm prideful it's not that i'm sent i'm living in sin it's it's none of that it's just that i've just neglected to let you know and to thank you for the grace that you have offered to me we don't realize the goodness that god has offered to us to be able to live where we live and do the things that we do and experience the things that we experience we are so blessed and sometimes we don't stop and just say god thank you for your grace so i'm going to challenge you if you would the band's going to come up and begin to play and if you would just right where you are again just close your eyes if you would not that that's um anything magical but maybe to help help you uh get rid of any distractions that might be around and i just want to give you just a second it's just between you and god if you want to uh, come forward, if you feel need to, for whatever reason, to get up out of your seat and to come and pray as the band plays, but you might just do things right where you are. But I just ask you just to take a check in your own life with God. And one, uh, just ask yourself, I'll ask you the question, do you know for sure, without a doubt, 
that you are a believer in Jesus Christ and that you've given your life to him and trusted in Jesus for salvation. You should have already been able to say yes or no. And if the answer is yes, thank him for that grace that he has given to you in Jesus Christ. And if the answer is no or I'm not sure, I'd love to talk to you about that. There's, there's absolutely no reason for you to continue on with doubt and wondering when you can settle that once and for all and know for sure, and I'd love to talk to you. And then for those of us who believe, I'd just say, uh, just ask yourself, uh, God, let me, let me do a heart check. How am I in the area of pride? Are there issues when, when I'm just quite boastful and talk about myself too much and things of that nature? God, what, what do you help me with that? I, I want to be able to say like Paul did, it's because of your grace I am who I am. It's not because of my abilities and my connections with other people and my wit and my humor. It's, it's your grace that's made me who I am in my life. And then you might just want to thank him for that. Maybe it's been a while. You just haven't really said, God, thank you. Thank you for the grace that you give me in the person of Jesus and the grace that you offer in my life every single day. You continue to pray as the band plays, and then we'll begin to sing. If you have a response that you'd like to make, either where you are or as you come forward, feel free to do that.